Welcome, everyone, to another raucous edition of Talk Hard, presented by Walk Southly Films. Uh, the guys are with me as usual, and uh, fellas, the way I'm going to introduce you all today, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, Kellogg's is about to open its own brick-and-mortar, its first ever brick-and-mortar store in uh, Times Square, so all the hipsters can get excited about going and paying seven bucks for a bowl of cornflakes. <laughs> Mm. But uh, thought I'd introduce you guys with a couple of uh, pretty interesting serial names that I came up with. So, here we go. First of all, from Frankfort, Kentucky, Scott grins and smiles and giggles and laughs Stafford. It's a Japanese serial, I think. I think you're right, and that 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 makes sense. These are actual cereals. Actual cereals. Okay. Uh, so uh, I had my fingers crossed for crossed for Big Mix, but you didn't get you didn't get Big Mix. It was it's too mainstream <laughs> compared to the ones I've found. So okay. you got grins and smiles and giggles and laughs. <laughs> the uh, the other voice you heard there is uh, Mister Wonderful Surprise. <laughs> Top sheen. <laughs> Is that Paul Orndorff cereal? Well, <laughs> Did Orndorff make was, that? It would actually be better if it was, but let me read you the tagline that's on the front of the box if you look it up. Mr. Wonderful Surprise. Full mm. spelled F-U-L-L. It's tagged as the only cereal with a creamy vanilla filling. <laughs> wow. That sounds yeah. about right. There you go. There's Todd. Todd, yeah. uh, Mr. Wonderful Surprise Sheen. And me, they call me Moonstones. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> wow. Moonstones. Moonstones Martin is what they call me. <laughs> well, let's not delay, guys. We got we got the we got ML- a lot of stuff. To yes. Get the MLS All Star game this week is whew, the lot, MLS <laughs> lot to talk All-Star about. Is uh not gonna make the cut this week, unfortunately. Oh, um I'm yeah, if I'm looking that, if but... I'm looking at my DVD remote, I'm looking at uh, chapter. <laughs> yeah, bam. <laughs> Just uh, staying with the cereal theme. Growing up, what was what were the cereals you all? What were your go tos? Mm. Well, I, I'll tell you, uh, my favorite and. It, it did exist, folks. It's not just an empty box that Quentin Tarantino pulls out every every once in a while. It was uh, Fruit Brute. It was one of the monster series. Mm-hmm. But and they came out. What was it? A couple years ago, Alan. They came out with the Hey, we got the, all the monster cereals are yep. out again now, and it wasn't the same. They went <laughs> with some cherry yeah. flavored crap, and Fruit Brute. <laughs> was orange and it was other uh, other fruity fruity flavors and it was, it was citrus like, it was all it, citrusy it, it was yeah and if yeah. it wasn't cherry they Come thought on, they man. could they thought they could sneak it past you they were like we don't like this that wasn't any good it wasn't a good idea let's just let's yeah. put out cherry nobody will know nobody remembers that no. we know we know it, it was enough for me to just say hey look that didn't that didn't fly sorry you just you just you you totally 
totally caved on that one. You could have had everybody saying, hey, and I don't even know who does who does the monster cereals. Is it General Mills? I yeah, think? I believe I think so. so, yeah. I guarantee you they won't have their own standalone store. Um, <laughs> but no, I like I liked Fruit Brute. I liked Quisp. Uh, Quisp. Quisp was one that was the uh, the little character was like a Martian. He had like a had like a, a, a space helmet on with glass and these like antennae coming out of the top. I think, uh, wow. and they were just they just looked like little UFOs. And I ate them. I I would eat like three bowls of it. And it was one of those cereals. It was very similar to Captain Crunch, just the regular crunch, not the berries, but it was like a Captain Crunch type cereal. It had that flavor. And if you ate three bowls, the roof of your mouth hurt for five days. Mm-hmm. Three bowls? Yeah. That is, is gluttoning on some quisp. <laughs> yeah. You can actually uh, buy it. Uh, you can buy it on Walmart.com. You can get for quisp. 60 bucks a box. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll tell you another one I didn't eat a lot of, but I just remember the bo- I remember the cereal, and it was Freakies. Freakies. Does anybody remember Freakies? No. I don't. Good cereal. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know if it was good or not. It was just kind of, you know, it was all the box on it. On the box were all these little creatures, and they were all freaks. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up freakies too, but yeah, yeah. get on there, man, because it says the retail price on the on that Quisp is seventy four bucks. You can save fourteen dollars right now. I would recommend you putting cereal if you're going to Google freakies. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> put safe search uh, on immediately. <laughs> and you can get a box of that on eBay for nine bucks. So uh, I'd go with that one. Uh, Scott, what were your go-to cereals? You know, when I was a kid, I wasn't, I didn't really do much cereal. Like I'm a, I'm a full on cereal freak now myself. I'm a freaky yeah. myself, but uh, back then I didn't really do cereal, hardly any breakfast at all. But I do remember eating one and and kind of having a fascination with one cereal, and that would probably have been Smurf Berries. Mm. I don't, man, forgot all about Smurf Berries. <laughs> yeah. Smurf Berries. It's the one I remember. It was mm. good. <laughs> mm. Smurf Berry cereal. Let's, uh, let's see. I, you, uh, man, you can get that stuff cheap. <laughs> Is it still available? That's yeah. It's it's uh it's three bucks on Walmart.com. Oh, so that. get that instead of Quisp. Man, uh, has got a high cotton taste now. He it's... does. <laughs> box sixty dollar boxes of cereal for the Sheens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Benny was doing, but if it's if it's under twenty if it's under twenty dollars, I'm not getting it. <laughs> Benny was feeding the, the damn old drug problem or something just so he could feed his son. Yeah, yeah. Breakfast in what's the your, uh, what's your What's your weapon of choice nowadays, Scott? Uh, oh, man. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I've literally got uh, eight different kinds of cereal in my cabinet right now. You are Seinfeld. And I will, yes. And I will sometimes even take them and make a cereal cocktail. Oh, like if I'm not feeling one, I'm thinking, yeah, let's let's take this one and put it together with that one, and that's going to be the perfect taste for me tonight. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, it's all healthy I, stuff. There's no there's no kid cereal. It's all uh, I do like the the Kellogg's fruit and yogurt uh, special K or whatever it's called. And uh, there's a new one. Kellogg's has a new one that's like ancient grains or something like that. And I'm digging on that one right now. So everybody, keep your eye out for the for the ancient <laughs> yeah. grains. Yeah, buddy. 
Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> That's that sounds like a cereal that would tie in with that Tom Cruise mummy movie or something. <laughs> it probably doesn't sound it's probably doesn't sound great, but I'll be honest, like the it is like the the ancient grains if you want to know what it it's actually tastes like. It's just like a uh, um golden crisp. Like wasn't oh, that the okay. one it wasn't okay. the one with the golden bear or whatever his name was? Yeah. Yes. yes, and uh, Honey Smacks were both kind of the same thing. Yes, yeah. it's it's basically that with some other some other things thrown in there, like puffed quinoa and junk like that. Yeah, I was uh, when I was a kid, man. I I I got nerd cereal and loved it, which was basically <laughs> just nerd candy that you put in a bowl. Mm. All right, so uh, nowadays I'm digging on uh, Lucky Charms and Captain Crunch, with which uh, I think I've got a, a callus that's built up on the roof of my mouth for the Captain Crunch because I eat it so much. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the problems people complain about with getting their their, their mouth cut up by the by the, the little nuggets. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do the combo thing every now and then too with uh, some Golden Grands and some some Cocoa Crisp or or whatever the chocolate cereal we have is. Mm-hmm. So. While you're going healthy with your ancient grains or whatever it is, I'm I'm over here eating chocolate and graham crackers. Hey man, crackling oat brand keeps keeps things moving, dude. That's all, that's all I can say. There you go. I tell you what keeps things moving is after your third bowl of Captain Crunch or with Crunch Berries, when you you're you've got that little you know coppery blood taste going. Oh, yeah, there's nothing. I don't like have it. it. I'm telling you, I don't have it anymore. Mouth of I'm, steel. That's right. You're just, re- that's you're right. just, you're just. I mean, you're just putting that blood back in your body. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, it's like taking money out of one account and put in another. That's right. That's right. Oh well, uh, guys. On a lighter note, or a little bit more serious note, hate to bring it right on down, but uh, we kind of lost a legend this week. Um, Gary Marshall passed at the ripe old age of 81 um dude wrote and directed a ton of stuff uh probably most notably i'd say happy days uh Mm -hmm. created laverne and shirley um also uh did uh pretty woman didn't he he directed pretty woman yes he did um uh, so had had dabbled in some film but uh todd you have uh thoughts on mr gary marshall I do, I do, and I will say that I did not like Pretty Woman um, because oh, look, the, this could have been in the show last last week. I yeah, don't like Pretty Woman now. Nothing, nothing, nothing against nothing against Gary Marshall because I think Gary Marshall is gold. I really do. But the hooker with the heart of gold, and <laughs> I just you know I'm sorry I didn't buy that for one second. <laughs> you're saying stick to TV is what you're saying. If well. I, he does, I mean, it, that thing made a lot of money. That thing made a lot of money. If there's uh, a love story involved, he he wants no part of it. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just you know I'm a well you know I mean she, you know she pulls you know the the raincoats out of her boot. I'm a safety girl, and you know I'm like okay, sure you are. Um, and I couldn't put my arms around it. Um, and so and but don't yes. Do- but uh, anyway, I, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that one. But it's no. almost, it's hard not to have a crush on Julia Roberts in that movie. Like that's, she's that's a, the absolute truth. And so I think at that time, like he doesn't have the the greatest filmography in the world, but I mean that movie, everything came together. Like him as director, 
plus, you know, the leading man plus the leading lady to just kind of make something that was for most people, excluding Todd Sheen. <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> like view that movie as kind of magical and, and a special thing that they, that nobody's been able to recapture since then a, a, a certain kind of chemistry that the three of them had together. And, you know, even bringing the three of them together to do something again in the future, they, they, you know, you couldn't hit it again. So yeah. I'm a fan yeah. and the, the absolute television legend. I mean, yeah, that stuff is, is incomparable when you talk about happy days and Mork and Mindy. And, um, yeah, I wanted to, Todd, we wanted to run a couple past you as you've got a few years on us to see if you, uh, recognize some of these shows that we didn't that we didn't um yeah so. and they only ran one season so oh, okay <laughs> real well regarded but maybe <laughs> have you so have you heard of blansky's beauties i have yes <laughs> i couldn't what, tell you who's in it but i do remember it i do remember what that. do you recall of it about what type of show it was do you remember that oh gosh um i've got it up on imdb if y'all want me to read the description yeah you'll do that yeah. Okay, Nancy Blansky, gruff but loving, <laughs> houses mothers, and even choreographs for a hotel showgirls. <laughs> Besides the young ladies, she provides a home for nephew dancer Joey and junior womanizer 12-year-old Anthony. Oh, man. The 12-year-old wow. womanizer. And this only lasted one season? So it's about showgirls... Her being like the mother figure for showgirls and housing her 12-year-old womanizing nephew. Yeah, you can totally imagine the precocious 70s 12-year-old, right? Uh, Golly, and that only lasted a season. Yeah. Do you remember me and the the chimp, Todd? Me and the chimp. Gosh, I don't don't remember that one. What what year was that? 72. Yeah. 72. Okay, I would have been six, so... Me and the chimp. Man, that sounds... <laughs> I remember Lancelot's secret chimp. Oh, yeah. But not Absolutely. me and the chimp. Lancelot's secret chimp found a place on Nick at Night, so a lot of a lot of people from oh, our era wow. remember that one. Yeah. Um, and all it is, all it is is dressing up chimps, and, and you know, they're, they're opening their mouth quick, real <laughs> right. fast, and, and then you got people doing, you know, voiceover for them. It's great. Yeah. Dentist Mike Reynolds... Finds his life turned upside down when the ape buttons causes <laughs> chaos on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. Of course. I bet buttons did. <laughs> buttons. But uh yeah, man, Me that dude. That, that dude did a lot of good stuff. Um the odd couple we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Uh I love Mork and Mindy. I still watch it yeah. now when it comes yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't realize Mork and Mindy was a spinoff from uh Happy Days. Right. Yeah, which is really odd. Yeah, well, yeah, that's when yeah they they later in the years of Happy Days and stuff started to get super weird. Uh, a couple little facts I found out about Gary Marshall. Um, he was married to the same woman Barbara for fifty three years. Uh, only one wife. They had three kids. Um, in that in that town in that industry, um, that's pretty monumental. Uh, also, he was a, a huge basketball junkie to the point in his contracts. Um, they would have to have a basketball court on set so he could shoot around uh, during the during the the breaks or whatever. Uh, so you know, us being from Kentucky, I definitely appreciated his love of the hoop. And he also had a quote that I found from when he was doing uh, doing when he was probably at the height of his powers in his TV days. 
he said, in the education of the American people, I am recess. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good line. If you're my age, I mean, everybody, everybody watched Happy Days. It Happy Days was such a, I thought, such a milestone for 70s TV. There was a lot of good, you know, good shows in the 70s, a lot of good sitcoms. Yeah. But Happy Days, man. It, and the, the Fonz is about as iconic as it gets for 70s Oh, my gosh. TV. Yeah, for, for, a, for a TV show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Without a doubt, like my kids know who the Fonzie is. Yeah, I had I had a Fonzie doll. I had a Fonzie action yeah. figure. Um, he, he had a little he had a little thing that a little piece of plastic in his back. If you pushed it down, his thumbs would go up and down in the air. <laughs> oh, nice! Hey. It was awesome. He, hey. he, the Fonz, I would I would venture to say he might be top five as far as iconic TV characters goes. I mean, is that is that going too far out on a limb I would, there? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You think all time? Yeah, I would. Wow. Yeah, I would yeah, say too. So. Kind of the yeah. I mean, it's forty years later and people still know who he is. Kids still know who he is. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think as, so as far as being uh, yeah and being huge and like a cultural phenomenon and in, in his height, I mean. There might there probably yeah. haven't been many that or any that eclipsed the Fonz. Um, and, and I honestly, not to not to veer over into Happy Daysville forever, but uh, Fonz was in love with Pinky Tuscadero, and there could not have been a less attractive woman <laughs> to be in love with. There had to be. I mean, Cheryl Teagues had to be available, <laughs> um, and for some reason, hey, let's get uh, Roz Kelly. Yeah, Roz Kelly will do. Um, look up Roz Kelly and look up Roz Kelly circa '75, and tell me that when you see Ro- when you see Roz Kelly, all you can think of is you know, oh my legs are turning to butter. <laughs> uh, nothing again. I'm sure sure she's a wonderful gal, and I love her work. I thought she did a really good job in a in a horror film called New Year's Evil. But you know what? Come on. This is this is the Fonz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll just look her up. She ain't hot. <laughs> Sorry, Roz. Sorry, Roz. Yeah, man. So some some uh some sheen shade thrown for pretty woman and Roz Kelly. Poor Roz Kelly. Out. Let me say one one last thing about Pretty Woman. If Pretty Woman had been released seven years later, they would have called it titanic with prostitutes oh oh, man here we go (laughs) let's uh gary marshall will be missed um absolutely we definitely wanted to wanted to to hit on that for a minute but uh you know speaking on the of the fawns i can i think we can all agree that he was uh he was an attractive man but not as attractive as the the men we talked about last week that uh Caused a little stir in the social medias. Listen, ah. listen to that segue, ladies and like gentlemen. Like that transition. <laughs> that's 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 pro territory right there. Yeah, we're, this is our twelfth ep- episode. We're 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 finding our groove here. Um, so we all we all talked about uh, Scott prodded us to come up with the dudes that we would want to to look like for what what was the amount of time? Six months or something like that. Yeah, you said yeah, we could look like a guy for six months. Who would it, who would it be? And uh, we all came up with with ours. I said um, Burt Reynolds, circa early seventies. Scott, you were um, 
Robert Redford and Todd was Warren Beatty. Is that right? That's right. And I narrowed yes. it down to since you had picked Deliverance in particular as you know kind right. of what set you off. So I I, I went with Redford, nineteen seventy seven from A Bridge Too Far, and uh, I picked four mm. Todd if he doesn't mind. I picked I, I kind of zeroed in on what I thought he was saying as far as the era of Beatty, and and went nineteen seventy one with Dollars. Mm. Um, uh, okay. So I dollars, baby. With that, so you did a you know Twitter poll, right? That's right. I did a Twitter poll. Put that up for uh, for all the ladies to tell us who who they thought had made the right choice. I don't I don't know the results of this poll. Uh, Todd, you got I, any spoilers for the results? I have no idea. All right. So this is all fresh to us. All right, here we go. And we actually got a, a good response. We got over 30 votes on this thing, which wow. is not, it's actually not bad. So th- I feel like this is a legit sample right here. Uh, th- yeah. Yeah, things didn't, I'll tell you right up front, things didn't look good for Bert early on. Um, oh. We did, we did a three-day uh, three poll, and uh, at the end of two days, Bert had zero votes. But oh he, come on! But he, but oh my gosh! But he came on strong. He came on strong in day three. Okay. So we ended up out of over thirty votes. Uh, Warren Beatty actually came in last at twelve uh, percent. Got twelve percent. Bert came in second, twenty three percent. And look at Redford. Redford dominated from start to finish with 65%. Oh my goodness. More than more than Beatty and Burt combined. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pretty woman still sucks. I've, I've got Scott. I've got good taste in the fellas, I'm telling you. Scott is more in tune with the with with the feminine perspective than we are, but man, I ain't going I ain't I ain't taking mine back, dude. I'm I'm all over me some Burt Reynolds. And I did hear uh, I did hear a few people uh, who um, sent me messages that said why isn't uh, why isn't Paul Newman in this? So there were there was some mm. there were some cries for Newman. We did mention mm. him. Yeah, uh, we did. None of the none of us went with him, but uh, yeah, he's a runner up for me. And if I hadn't have seen Deliverance that week, mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't have been as smitten. But um, yeah, that that dude was doing it for me last week. So. So on that note, I've got a story for you for you guys. A Warren Beatty story. That's right. With Warren Beatty being a part of this poll, I saw a little news item and uh, and one of the most fantastic stories I've ever heard about I celebrities. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> this is this is Todd's guy right here. But third third place Warren Beatty, everybody. <laughs> so Rob Lowe just released a book, uh, basically an autobiography. Um, I think it's called Love Life. In Rob Lowe's book, um, he's telling the story. This is where the story comes from. But um, so he was a womanizer of the '80s, right? I mean, kind of a notorious. Uh, oh yeah, Rob Lowe, and yeah, yeah. So he says, you know, Cary Grant told him, you know, if he kept it up, that he was going to reach, he was going to reach Warren Beatty's level. Warren, like Rob Lowe, was a womanizer, but Beatty especially at that time, was looked at as the king. The guy, right. <laughs> of womanizing, especially. So, all right, walk with me now down the path. Imagine this. Uh, 
late 1980s, Rob Lowe has a girlfriend, and she's considerably more famous than he is at the time. Because if you think about it, like late 80s, that's coming off the Brat Pack stuff. He's kind of at the tail end of that super young Rob Lowe phase. Right. And isn't nearly what he is today. Like, you know, he didn't become Rob Lowe until just the last few years, really, as far as like the height of his fame goes. Um, so this girlfriend is always inviting him to parties at Warren Beatty's place. And everybody apparently knows his house, and it's the place to be, and it's like super cool pad. Uh, But it's in the valley. And he never wants to go. He says it's too hot. He'd rather hang, he wanted to hang out with his friends on the beach in Malibu instead. But one night, she finally convinces him, and he gives in and goes with her. And the night goes on, the party's getting late. He ends up in the kitchen eating ice cream with Warren Beatty. And they're telling stories. Warren's telling stories. He tells him, you know, I started young like you, and I was dating an actress more famous than I was just like you. He's talking about Natalie Wood. Well, Rob's girlfriend comes in, and Beatty tells her, "Eh, you remind me of Natalie Wood. (laughs) So... I mean, what chance does any actress have against that line, right? Yeah. You've got yeah. this elder statesman of Hollywood who actually dated right. like, this legendary actress, and you're an up-and-coming actress, and this woman that you revered. Like, what does anybody, what, is, what chance does any actress have against that line, right? And, and Rob Lowe said something to that effect. Like, how many actresses did he drop that line on that instantly became his concubine for life, I think is the way Rob Lowe put it. Right. So he keeps telling his story about how Natalie would go to Frank Sinatra's house a lot. And he finally, one night he confronts her and he finally asks her, what What are you doing all these times you're going, you're invited to Sinatra's? Like, what are you doing there? <laughs> Natalie Wood says to him, oh, Warren, what do you think we're doing? We're effing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wow, Warren. <laughs> Come on, Warren. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Okay, at this moment, Beatty stops and he looks Rob Blow in the eye and he says, Isn't that funny? <laughs> and so what what did Rob say? Rob looks at his girlfriend, she looks away stark white. And that's how Baby yeah. dropped that bomb on him. <laughs> the most ice cold wow. who's the boss power play mind game I've ever heard of. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. We're buddies. We're sitting in the kitchen eating ice cream and I'm telling you this story about how I dated Natalie Wood. <laughs> And basically, I tell you, I'm doing the same thing that Sinatra did. (laughs) I learned a lot from old blue eyes. What do you think your girlfriend is doing when she comes to my house? And you know, he was in like in on the story, like hook, line and sinker up to that point, just fascinated with the tales of the old days and Sinatra and Natalie Wood and like, yeah, well, and oh my gosh, she told you that. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. How would you react? If you're Rob Lowe, how would you? 
Like, what do you do? I guarantee my reaction wouldn't have been the same as Rob Lowe's because it sounded like Rob was just like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you know, yeah. I'd probably I, say something like, you know, well, heaven can wait sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then just walk out all, all hang dog and sad. Yeah. All hang dog. <laughs> totally hang dog. <laughs> Man, that's, that's pretty good. Mm, yeah. Wow. Pretty. All right. I've got. Uh, they're not going to top that one. I've got a couple of one. I was going to tell that Bill Murray story when we did the uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, so uh, when the the funny man around Mount Rushmore. So for telling tales out of school, you want me to tell that one? Yeah, go for it. All right. So uh, they're shooting Charlie's Angels two, and <laughs> um, everybody knows Bill. Bill wasn't in that one. Um, was he? He wasn't in that one, right? He was not. Bernie Mac yeah. played. Uh, Bernie Mac took his play. Okay. Yeah. Do you do you know why Bill wasn't in it? I think uh, it has something to do with Lucy Liu, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bill comes up on set and uh, on the set on the first day of shooting because he's going to be in it, and and this first day that he's shooting with with and he's with the three girls, Cameron Diaz and uh, Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu, and he's and he and he like gets up next to the three of them and he points at Cameron Diaz and he says, you were really good in the last one and I'm glad you're here. And he looks at Drew Barrymore and he said, you've got chops. I knew your dad and you've got it going on. Looks at Lucy Lou and he says, I still can't figure out what the hell you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah, apparently to anybody else. Went, went in on him and then basically said I either he does the film or me and since she was one of the angels I guess they cut bill so which might have been exactly um, what he wanted probably exactly probably what so. he wanted <laughs> yeah and of all the three that you're going to piss off apparently that's the one if you want to get a reaction that's the one mm -hmm. um, cuz i mean you know didn't didn't bill do the garfield movie cuz he thought the the, the cohen brothers were directing it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, that's, come on. I've heard you know? that too, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, one man. of them, one of them was directing. I don't know. Yep. All right. And since we're telling tales, let me tell a Jack Nicholson story. Okay. So they're shooting uh, the postman always rings twice. And Classic. Jessica Lang. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Lang told this story. Um, and apparently they had a. Uh, I I've never seen the movie actually. So they they had a pretty hot and heavy makeout scene in that, didn't they? Yeah, it's it's smoldering. And who who, yeah. who doesn't want to watch Jack Nicholson make out? And, and, right yeah. <laughs> with Jessica Lange. Yeah. So apparently, uh, Jessica Lange said it's the best, it's the most at ease she's ever felt with a guy doing a, a love scene because before it started, Jack Nicholson came up to her and he said, uh, "I apologize if I get aroused during our scene, and I also apologize if I don't." <laughs> yeah. Perfect, right? Perfect. The perfect. Pretty, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> classic Jack. Yeah. Speaking of Jack Nicholson, this is just a snippet. And this was uh, back when I think it was, what was the magazine? Does anybody remember Premier Movie Magazine? It was back in the 80s, 90s. Yeah. Uh, I think before so. before Entertainment Weekly. It was just a, it was a page and it was, I think it said, Tales Tales from Holly, Hollywood Pizza Delivery Men. And <laughs> oh, so, oh, exactly. 
And so they talked about uh, they talked about delivering pizzas to all these superstars' houses. Um, they, um, you know, one guy who was delivering a pizza to David Spade's house, um, and um, and they were like, he gave him he gave him money or something like that for the pizza, and it, I don't know. And he, and the the guy said, uh, uh, yeah, do you, do you need uh, do you need some change back? And he said, no, I'm rich. <laughs> um, Spade does so. Um, That's a good line. Yeah, delivers to Jack's house. So, rings the doorbell. Jack opens the door, and there's like a ton of kids in there. I guess they're his grandkids, and they're just like running all over the place. And they're like, "Oh, great, it's food!" And and he said Jack was just kind of the, the kids were like in front of him. Jack was kind of a little bit back from the door just staring over staring right at him and he always all, all he was saying was pizza 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's all you got to say i mean you know yeah. and and then he got aroused and apologized for it right and if that had been if that had been if that same story and it had been fisher stevens house wouldn't have been funny not the same thing I'm jack nicholson funny i bet there are more nicholson stories in hollywood than any other person any other oh, one gotta person. be yeah gotta be um yeah. speaking of nicholson and jessica lang let me throw this little tidbit at you i would contend that there may be no other actress that was ever more beautiful than jessica lang was in king kong king kong uh, buddy Wow. That might yeah. be the best looking woman in any one film ever, in my opinion. I remember going to see that. Uh, it came out on Christmas Day in, I think, 76. <laughs> I remember going to see that two or three times. Oh, I <laughs> And I did like Jessica. On the same day? Um, I think we skipped presents. You, you, uh, it sounds like you liked Jessica as much as King Kong did. <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah, I King, did. Buddy. For some I reason, did. King Kong was a little bit pervy in that movie, in the <laughs> Jeff Bridges version. He was, yeah. I don't know who was more pervy, Kong or Jeff Bridges, <laughs> <laughs> or Charles Grodin. Maybe it was Charles Grodin that was the pervy one. Well, so. that's probably good for story time. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a good. That's a good story. That's good yeah. story time. Let's uh, let's take a little break and uh, and regroup from all this Jack Nicholson getting a rouse talk. <laughs> pizza, pizza, and pizza. King Kong, <laughs> and King Kong. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back. Listening to Talk Hard. While we're taking this break, we're going to show some love to one of the friends of Walk Softly Films uh, like we do until somebody's going to pay us to to be in these breaks. We're just going to we're going to spread the wealth. So, uh, Scott, who's our friend of the show? We're going to we're going to show some love to this week. Michael Startsman. Startsman. (laughs) Father Jose. Father Jose. Absolutely right. What gentleman? What was his name from Cannonball? Oh gosh, oh, what was man. that news reporter's name? We got put on the spot. Now we're <laughs> start. <laughs> was all. it was it Startsy? <laughs> I know he's going to name his son Bass Atkins. 
was <laughs> that's right. Wasn't his name Newsroom Robert? Wasn't didn't we credit him <laughs> Newsroom as Newsroom Robert? It was Robert. Yeah, I remember Harvey saying Robert. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He so Michael goes all the way back with us too. He's been he's been around for a while. Michael Startsman is an illustrator, game maker, and graphic designer from Berea, Kentucky. You know something about Berea, don't you, Alan? I sure do. My son is going to getting ready to start his senior year there he, at college. Senior year already? Yes, sir. Good grief. They make How's a, about that? Make a lot of baskets down there, don't they? <laughs> they do a lot of basket weaving and <laughs> spoon breading down there in Berea. <laughs> So, Michael has illustrated role-playing games for all ages while working with artists all across the country, and that's quite true. I can vouch for that. He does work that I like a lot, personally. Um, he creates whimsical worlds full of smoke sprites, ghost dragons, and a whole lot of monsters. He's, mm. cu- he's currently working on an all-ages adventure RPG called Battle Sauce. He's been working on that forever. So, uh, that will be hitting your shelves, your hands very soon. Probably not your shelves, but can come straight from the internet to your house. Um, and What's he's it g- called? Battle sauce? Battle sauce. It is. It is. That's fun. And I, you know what? I'd yep. like to say, let's keep physical media alive, folks. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Go back. Back to you, Scott. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. And Michael would absolutely agree with you, Todd. He's a... Uh, he is firm in the liking to have some paper in his hands and whatnot. That's right. That's um, right. Absolutely. So he's good friends with the Duke, and that means he's good a good friend of mine. And uh, so remember, Michael Startsman, head to his website, look him up. There's, there's only one Michael Startsman. I'll tell you that right now. MichaelStartsman.com. Look him up, everybody. Also, your, uh, your partner in crime on the other podcast you do, Best of Earth. The Best of Earth, he is. You can hear his vocal stylings on that show if you want to. And the and the countless the countless appearances in Space Cops by Michael Starchman. <laughs> right. Easter um, eggs there. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, check out Starchman, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Hard, presented by Walk Southly Films. Um, Scott, you introduced us uh, here just uh, just moments before the show started to a, uh, a a trailer for a fan film. Do you want to explain how you came came upon this and what it is? Yeah, the, so everybody's familiar with fan films. Uh, just recently, a, a fan film for Star Trek has been in the news and, and the fight that Paramount has been putting up against that one. Um, and, and trying to get it squashed basically. Um, so people do this all the time, you know, properties that everybody loves star Wars and Marvel and DC and, and they make their own film that they would like to see, uh, about it, so somebody'd made one for Futurama. <laughs> the sure did erstwhile canceled Matt Groening uh, cartoon, and so and it's live action. It's a live action fan film, and it is in by no means uh, a half arsed affair, if you will. No. Is it? No, it's nuts how good the thing looks. 
and I think they acknowledge that in the uh, on the YouTube page, maybe whatever else I read it on, they acknowledge the fact that you might think we're insane for doing this. <laughs> and I, it's you know that's quite apropos because yes, I kind of do like so. That's what I wanted to ask you guys after seeing it. Yeah. I, so I'm telling you, like to let the audience know, we'll put it up on on the website on walkslifefilms.com on about the uh, post for this show, so you can see it, but. The costumes, the prosthetic makeup, the mod, yep. the model making that they did, the sets—it is insane. The amount of detail and work, and blood, sweat, and tears that has gone into this. I think they are actually making the entire film. But I like we do this. We make short films, and I honestly I can't imagine putting the amount of effort into anything that they've put into this. Just because it would, it, the task would seem impossible to me, and and so I want to ask you all, like, how do you feel about fan fan films in general, and this idea that is there any property, is there any intellectual property, is it something that you love out there, a character, a show that you love enough that you would make a fan film, that you would be jazzed to make a fan film for. I, to be honest with you, I can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. What about you, Todd? That I, I would. Um, I mean, you know, when you look at some of the the Star Wars and the Star Trek fan films that are out there, and like Battlestar Galactica, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of these, you know, effects heavy kind of things. Um, it's hard for me to watch them. I don't know why. I cannot make myself watch them. Well, usually it's cringeworthy, right? I mean, yeah. for one thing, yeah. you you might have like a lot of these people have very high skills making yeah. special effects and and that sort of thing, and they're very good behind a camera, and especially effects work is usually top notch. But your acting is just nowhere near what it needs to be. Like it just yeah. it feels like such a juxtaposition. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's usually cringeworthy, but this one in particular, it's like, I mean, it's as impressive as any fan film I've ever seen. And then the fact that they decided to do it with Futurama is just, is kind of mind blowing because yeah. that one doesn't have, like, if you latch on to star Wars, you latch on a star Trek and you make a good fan film, then you're guaranteed to get millions of views. Yeah. Like somewhere around a million views. This one, I think just based on how, impressive it is has 800,000 but you're not pulling in a massive pre-built audience like some of these other things but uh but Todd the original question is there anything that you can think of that you know any show any character that you would be jazzed to make a fan film of yourself can um, anything come to mind yeah um probably um probably the life and times of Grizzly Adams <laughs> Is that, is that and I'm legit? not and I'm not joking. Okay, I'm not joking. cool. I'm not joking. I I would I would put more of I would probably put a little bit of a a comedic slant. Um, uh-huh. You know, I did not I, see that coming. I'll be honest. <laughs> nobody, I didn't see it coming until I just said it. Honestly, <laughs> uh, but but I, I I do that a lot. I kind of think and then just and then just I, out I, it comes. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, but that I. I love that show. I grew up watching that show. Okay, so you um, and you would have fun doing it. You think? 
Yeah, I think I think okay. uh, the the key is to um, you know you got to put a different slant on it, mm-hmm. but yet try to maintain some of that some of the goofiness that made those shows what they are. And and basically, I think our fan film is Space Cops. Yeah, and yeah, the, and that we took all these shows that we love. It's basically our love note to seventies, eighties television, and and so it's a little bit of Starsky and Hutch. It's a little bit of you know sci-fi, this and that, and um, chips, and you know you name it. We're trying to you know we're trying to take the best of that stuff. So that's as, as close as we can come. But to actually use somebody else's characters is a totally different thing, and. For me, I think it would be, if I did anything, it would be something like the fan film they did of The Punisher like uh, three, four years ago. Um, something like that. It would be something Marvel, mm-hmm. but I would I would have to have a Tom Jane to do right. it. You yeah. know, I would never, ever... <laughs> like just do it with us like i would yeah. i would like if i actually had tom jane and wanted to do a punisher fan film then yeah i can imagine doing it and like maybe actually getting into it but otherwise i would be you know i don't want to like disparage i don't want to diminish any of those things that i love that much and and mm-hmm. you know make something that's lesser than and so unless i knew that i could really knock it out of the park no but um so what do you all think about the strategy of making a fan film? I, you know, is it worth it just for the love of it? And then I think a lot of people make them because they know it's going to get eyeballs. You know, yeah. you're going to get a million views if it's the right thing and it's done well. So is it worth it to do it for that reason? Because you could get discovered and maybe get hired to, you know, if somebody sees like, wow, look at what you did on your own with this Futurama thing. And, and these, some of these costumes and yeah. all this stuff, and we got to put you to work. Is it worth it? Is that enough to, uh, inspire you or, or to make you want to do a fan film? Is it worth uh, it? Todd, Todd, what do you think? I don't think it is to me. No. Um, no, I, I'm, I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the majority of people, and I, I can't speak for everybody, but I would think because you see so many uh, fan films now, and then you see so many that are so well made. Honestly, I don't think I don't think you can say, well, they're just doing it because they love Star Wars, or they love mm-hmm. Star Trek. I think they're trying to get their they're trying to get their face out there. They're trying to get their name out there. And that's and I, I mean, if I was gonna do a, a a Grizzly Adams fan film reboot, I would do it to get to get noticed. I, I love yeah. Dan Haggerty, God rest his soul. Um, I loved I loved that show, but you know, I, you know, it's everybody's got their priorities. But most people, you know, if these guys are, you know, like like the cliche, if they're still living in their parents' basement, then they don't want to live there forever maybe um so they want to they want to they want to get up and get out they want to be you know they want their work to be noticed and recognized so same here i would i would uh i would hope that uh it would open doors to me it it just feels kind of icky to get any kind of notoriety piggybacking off somebody else's stuff Mm -hmm. like i just don't know that i would want to like not saying that i'm taking the high road or, or <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I just have this great moral compass that's always pointing north. But I, 
I just if it's not my if it's not my stuff, I don't know that I would want to take somebody else's ideas and that's that's how I, I get it done. Yeah, th- I think that's all three of us. There's just more gratification yeah. in if the story comes from you and it, it, the, the original nugget of the idea comes from you. There's just so much more gratification that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so any filmmakers out there, something to think about in different ways you can go. And so, you know, if you want to make that fan film and pick something good, that's right. More, more royalties. If it's your stuff too. I mean, I just don't know what the strategy is. Cause like with this dude, when he gets it made, they're not going to let him release it or put it out or let people see it. No, he can't make a dollar off of it. That, you know, absolutely can't make $1 off of it. And And he's spending a ton of money on it. A ton of money has to be. So yeah, just like the Star Trek thing, and 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 in fact, the, you know, the opposite. He had start, you know, he had Paramount coming after him. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're not going to make any money. But I think, like we said, the only possible uh, goal could be, you know, one, you just love something so much. But I think it is like I'll get noticed and maybe get a job out of it because the work I did was so impressive. Oh, Scott, did you have anything else with the? That's it. The fan film stuff. That's our filmmaking segment of the, of the show. Well, speaking of Star Trek, here comes another segue. Speaking of Star Trek, no. uh, it opens up, as we're recording this, we're recording it Thursday night, it, it opens up tomorrow. I guess it got some sneak peeks tonight. Um, it is probably as successful of a, of a TV show turned movie uh, example as you can, you can possibly think of. But I wanted to ask you all, um, just thinking about it, or or if you've done any research or whatever, what are do you all have any TV shows turned movies that you like? And then maybe we'll get into some really bad ones. But uh, what are some good ones? What are some TV shows turned movies that you all enjoy, Scott? Um, Star Trek might be the top of the list. There's not mm-hmm. a lot out there to choose from. Um that I could think of right off the top of my head. I mean, Smurfs is a fantastic franchise movie. Franchise. You didn't mention Smurfs. <laughs> you went Smurfberry cereal. Smurfberry crunch. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. There are a lot of cartoons that have crossed over um, that I'm not into and yeah. think they should have been left alone. Um, but I would say, you know, Star Trek's absolutely been successful and more successful by far as a film franchise than as a TV show. Yeah. Um, especially the original. So I think that has something to do with it too. Like I think the films were actually served by there being a smaller, you know, TV run mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. able to do the effects and everything bigger and better once they made it to film. Uh, yeah. Todd, do you have, I, I had a, I had a ton of TV shows, turn movies that I like. You, you go first, you go first. Well, I've got a lot of them. So I'm we'll sure just run them down. I'm sure you're going to remind me of stuff too, that I just yeah. couldn't think of. Um, first one that jumped off the page for me was uh, 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both of those, the 21 and 22 Jump Street. Um, I love 21 I liked, Jump Street, but that's also pretty loose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and some of these are pretty loose. Yeah, which uh, is often the case. Or anything. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. often the case. For the movies that work, you're going to find a lot that are just could barely be considered an actual right. adaptation of the show. Um, here's the one that's, that, that's probably loose for another, for other reasons, but, uh, man, I loved, you and I went to see it together, Jackass. 
Um, <laughs> and and I almost threw up laughing so hard, <laughs> jackass. Um, uh, next one I had was uh, Borat. I love that movie, um, and it's from his uh, his British show, uh, the Ali G Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a character from that. I love that movie. Uh, Wayne's World. Would you consider that? Uh, would you consider Silent Live sketches as TV to TV to movies? Yeah, yeah. You could definitely. I think you could throw them in that boat. Yeah, Henry. I think you need to go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying call, to hold on. What are you on. calling Henry? <laughs> it's somebody's bedtime, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say the same with the SNL stuff because you know it is, it is TV. It's uh, and it's and let's face it, it's they're what five to seven minute segments. And you're right, exactly. They're even tougher to adapt to a movie than a show is. Okay, well, that being said, I'll go ahead and mention Blues Brothers mm-hmm. as another one. Maybe the best ever if, probably, we're, if we're counting sketches. Probably the best. Definitely, I think, yeah. probably the best mm-hmm. from SNL to feature. Yeah, Those yeah. are the only two I, I, I put down on my list of ones that I liked. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I mean, uh, let's they, face it, with Blues Brothers, it was just really, it was just them showing up <laughs> right, and doing some doing musical song, numbers. Yeah. Right, right yeah. yeah. And now they've got this, and then they've got this elaborate story about these two guys that are, you know, uh, you know, they, they get out of prison and then they break the law again because they're doing the Lord's work. Uh, yeah. They're talked into it. I mean, great, great movie. It yeah. really is. I mean, it, people forget about that one all the time, myself included, and, I, and I'll have to come back to it every once in a while, but it never disappoints. Like, that one will hold up. Yeah, it does. Oh, it yeah. holds up well. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite a parody movie, The Naked Gun. Um, yeah. True. And people forget about that being a TV series. TV show first, yeah. Police Squad, yep. yeah. Police Squad. Leslie Nielsen, uh, the best ever. Oh, man. At, oh, yeah. At that <laughs> deadpan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, one of my favorite lines from any of those, I think, was from 33 and 3rd with the uh, with, uh, Goulet in it. And... Uh, <laughs> He's asking for witnesses of, of whoever committed the crime, and the woman says um, he was uh, he had a mustache, uh, about six foot three inches tall, and Leslie Nielsen says awfully big mustache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and he delivers that every line so sincerely, and I I, yeah. I don't think anybody could have ever done it better than Leslie Nielsen did it. I mean, yeah. He's like the perfect guy to play Frank yep. Dribben. Yeah, good stuff. Um, and OJ, too. Let's not forget about OJ. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yay, juice. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of loose ones. The Fugitive uh, and yeah. The Untouchables was also a TV show. Yeah. For, and Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, I love the 1966 Batman movie. Yeah, with uh, with mm-hmm. West, Batman the the series was was pretty highly rated. Yes, it was. It was yeah. pretty highly rated, and then they canceled it. And I think they canceled it because of the expense of the show. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I guess they you know you weren't getting endorsement and uh, toys and all that stuff. So right, the, even though it was highly rated and was very popular, they decided to they decided to I think. 
decided to can it after the third season. And then I think they like destroyed the sets and stuff like that, because I think there was another network interested if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah. People and, don't really know that nobody figured out merchandising until Lucas did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was another piece of Lucas's genius, evil genius. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. Golly. Crazy. To reserve, uh, all merchandising rights for himself. And like, nobody really thought to, you know, never right. thought twice about it. And then he just rakes it in. Yeah. Instead of taking a director's fee for uh-huh. star Wars. I mean, that's Gosh, what, he gets what a genius move. One of the yeah. <laughs> w- one day soon. And in a show coming up, we're going to talk about the worst ideas in film. That has to be one of the best. I mean, one oh, of the, the smartest moves ever made by anybody in Hollywood. Yeah. And I don't think I realized until I'm, I just watched this movie on vacation, the 66 Batman. I don't think I realized that uh, that Mick from Rocky was the penguin until I realized. Yeah, Burgess <laughs> Meredith, absolutely. Yeah, yeah which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and where would you all put Romero on your list of Jokers? We haven't seen Leto's yet, but... I think... Yeah, his Joker is incredible. He really is. Yeah. It's yeah. that character. It's amazing that they've been able to hit home runs with it so many times. Yeah. And I would be intimidated to be Leto or whoever, you know, absolutely stepping into yes. the next one. I mean, everybody, every single one of them has hit it out of the park up till now. So and when you're the next one, you're expected yeah. to. Yeah, that's nuts, man. How, how you got three totally different takes on it too? Totally mm-hmm. different takes from all three mm-hmm. of them, and they all three worked. Yeah. So good luck, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also put the the Muppets movies, the the, the oh, early yeah. ones, on there mm-hmm. from the show. Yeah. Um, I think Takes Manhattan is probably my favorite. Really, of the Muppet I, movies. But I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Muppet movies. Uh, hey. I mean, there's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody like, uh, I've got maybe two or three earthbound heroes and Jim Henson is one of them. And so yeah. there's, there's nobody that thinks more highly of Jim Henson and the Muppets than, than I do. And I had this big issue with making the new Muppet movie, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would probably go mine as, uh, just the original Muppet movie is, is fantastic okay. and I love it to death. Yeah. Yep. Um, besides Star Trek, do you think that's your favorite TV to movie that you, you know, can think of? Uh, I'm going to actually bump Star Trek down to third now that you're, like I said, you're reminding going me. Going down the list? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, oh, maybe maybe Muppet Movie first and mm. uh, Blues Brothers second, somewhere in there. But the, those are, you know, yeah. Okay. Um, my last one is is kind of a stretch too. Uh, MST3K actually did a theatrical <laughs> yeah. release of yeah, they did. Uh, one of their deals with the Island Earth um, was the movie that they that they ripped on. Um, so I, if that counts, then then I also like that one. Uh, Todd, what, what do you have any or well, do you have a I, ranking of yeah, shows to movies um, that you liked? I'll be honest, blues. Blues Brothers is is definitely up there because, I mean, that thing that is so funny. Um, it's such a funny show or a funny movie, um, and just such a unexpected. You know, you ha- I mean, I'm sure when it came out, you know, people were like, you know, golly, what's this going to be about? But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, really. I mean, they just they had <laughs> such a great story, and Ackroyd was great. Um, 
you know, Belushi, for me, Belushi was never around long enough for me to really, I guess, really appreciate what he was mm-hmm. able to do. I never thought he, I never thought he was in that one, had that one role where he was just like, you're like, man, Belushi is just so awesome in that. Cause I mean, you know, he's, he really was good mm-hmm. in Blues Brothers. I think that's probably his strongest work. Yeah. Such a developed character. Yeah. Right, like yeah. what you get from him in 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 these different spots, like in the church, and and he's trying to be so stoic, and then but then he breaks out, and then the the scenes that you get with Carrie Fisher, and him, yeah. and like when he takes the sunglasses off, it is it is it is his yeah. best work, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. How much for the little girl? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. just 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 good stuff. Um, so Blues Brothers is definitely up there. Um, I'll tell you one, because, um, you know, there's got to be a horror, right? There has to be. Um, and that would probably be, I'm going to say um, Dark Shadows was a, sh- uh, a TV show. And this and this is a, this was a soap opera. This was on in the afternoons on ABC from like 66 through 72. It started out as this, started out in black and white, was this kind of gothic, romantic soap opera. And like a year or so into it, when they were the the ratings were flagging and they were getting ready to cancel it, and then they throw in a vampire uh, mm-hmm. storyline, and so and then the then the ratings spike, uh, and then it's and then it's you know it's a monster of the week thing. There's werewolves and witches and everything else for five solid years, and so about I guess towards the tail end of I guess the show the of the show, the show's run. I think they, like I said, I think they think it, uh, I think it was canceled in 72. Maybe it was in 1970. They did a, um, they did a a feature film that kind of encompassed the first half of the the series to that point. And so Mm -hmm. they were telling basically the same story, but, uh, you know, with the same exact cast, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, you know, more feature film, Dan Curtis, who was an incredible TV director back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, directed the, the feature film. And, uh, and it, I thought it really held up well. Um, it was, uh, you know, a little bit had some blood in it, which the TV show really never had um, mm-hmm. because of its time slot. Um, but I, I really liked how it was, and it was called House of Dark Shadows. Hmm. Um, so it's just basically a capsule of probably i guess four years of storylines every day uh five days a week <laughs> you know yeah uh with this this haunted family um so that one's that one's i'm giving them that one just because that show really had a that made a mark on me it's one of the first scary things i remember watching growing up because like i said i was probably i don't know i may have started watching that when i was four or five Thanks. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> nightmares. And also, uh, also, as I wear my Paranormous t-shirt, the uh, lead character's name was Barnabas. So Exactly. You got to wonder how that happened, don't you? Yep. So, uh, but th- those two, um, and, you know, we, we talked about, you know, SNL skits to, uh, to movies, and Blues Brothers was obviously one of those. Um, I really, I really did love the first Wayne's world. Um, mm-hmm. 
I would, uh, I would, you know, I put that kind of in the same category and they, they are kind of different, but they are comedies, but just kind of the, 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 the type of humor, I would put it, put it in Anchorman in a, in a kind of a similar light, you know, mm-hmm. because I think they just, there's just stuff in there that happens for no reason and just <laughs> stuff that just completely bowls you over when you see it. It, um, it holds up. Um, yeah. better than a lot of, of comedies. I mean, to this day, it, you know, just, just against comedies in general, I think Wayne's world mm-hmm. holds up and, and a lot of credit to, to Mike Myers and, and, and yeah. the other people that built that world up and like, who are these guys and what would their day to day be like? And let's expand it outside of this, uh, basement room. And, and then what do you, what do you right. see from there? I think that sort of thing helps their creativity. Just like mm-hmm. if Blues Brothers is the best of the bunch, I think the fact that Ackroyd and Landis could say, you know, just we're only starting with two guys singing a song, and mm-hmm. they're, and they're like, well, what happens when these guys like leave the studio? You know, what? Who are right. these guys? And and it's just a complete blank slate, and they can go wild. You know, that it might help. That, yeah. You know. Yeah. What's their backstory? Mm-hmm. What? What? Why are they? Why are they here? And where yeah. are they going? Yeah. You know? Starting with less might have equaled more. Yeah. Definitely. Which um, has not been the case for a lot of other Saturday Night Live skits. No. Movies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's there's too the many too man. many of them are just blah. Yeah. They really are. Um, so nice the Roxbury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the uh, superstar? Yeah. Um, yeah. Ladies man. Yeah. List goes on, baby. Real quick, do y'all have any uh, TV shows turned movies that went really bad that you that you watched and you just hated <coughs> it? I think we I think we hit several of them. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, Bewitched. Yeah, is I one had that. We didn't mention I, had that that I, hate. I did have that one written down. Yeah, um, yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, anyone, anyone. <laughs> yeah. I had that one written down. And that's, uh, that's Charlie's that's, Angels. We've already talked about Charlie's Angels in another segment, but Charlie's yeah. Angels was horrible. Other in the first one, other than Bill Murray and Crispin Glover, yeah. what is there? The first one was tolerable. The second one was really terrible. <clears throat> um, I wrote. I got uh, Beverly Hillbillies with uh, old Jim Varney. Yeah, yeah. Was really um, awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Richie Rich. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah, I forgot they did that. <laughs> oh my yep. gosh! Let's Truth. not forget about Starsky and Hutch. Now, I kind of like Starsky and Hutch. I, yeah, I was indifferent to it. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was okay. It had moments. Yeah, it was. Owen Owen's been definitely better, but he wasn't horrible. Yeah. In it. Um, um, speaking of Owen, I Spy was awful with him and yes. Oh yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yes, <laughs> and that's off a TV show. <laughs> Uh, I, I gotta give some Transformers love to Michael Bay or hate, <laughs> I guess, because those things are terrible, and I keep watching them. <laughs> I do. I go to watch them every time. You can add Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to that list, and you definitely can. Yes, uh, Scooby Doo was terrible. Oh God, oh, that's and your wanted, that's your boy. I wanted that to be so good. I wanted that to be so good. That's your boy too. Yeah, that's James Gunn. Yeah, yeah he did, yeah he wrote he wrote That's the first two didn't directed he? it yeah so bad they're so nice. bad 
Maybe the only thing I've seen of his that I didn't like because I like everything else. Yeah, um, that's when I mean when they said he was directing Guardians of the Galaxy, I was just like, "What?" Okay. Like Scooby Doo? Because that's all I knew him from. I hadn't seen. Yeah. Uh, so Rocket's gonna look like Scooby. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right, and and the goofy humor and stuff, but I, said, I was just stunned by Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Um, I mean, let's see? face it, there were so many, you know, remember that there was that just that block of time where if anything had been an a, even, you know, the Brady Bunch, both the Brady Bunch movies, um, anything that had been yep. somewhat popular mm-hmm. or at least had some kind of a cult following and had been on TV was getting remade. Yeah. Uh, everything. And it was, I mean, it yep. was like that for what, 10, almost, I don't know, five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. It seems like we were getting nonstop remakes of old tv shows yeah it was definitely a fad i don't know how y'all feel about this one i didn't like dragnet and and i wanted to with i actually uh, loved Ackroyd. did you i loved it because um Ackroyd was spot on with joe friday mm. um and he just had some really great lines really i mean Sounded just like uh, Jack Webb from the original show. Have you seen it, Scott? I didn't. Maybe I need to go back and watch it, but I remember not liking it. I've seen it, but it was like very. It was just like as soon as it hit home video. So I think right. I feel like I was too young for it. Um, I hated. I hated the Steve Carell get smart. Um, thought it was kind of lame. Yeah, it was. It, well, don't. Um, and the Flintstones. I saw the part where Bill was in terrible. the tree. Oh, Flintstones. And there were two of those. <laughs> yes, there were. With uh, Rosie O'Donnell playing Betty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, so we can get out of here, uh, shout out to Dolph Lundgren. Shout but out to Dolph Lundgren. He made Masters, Masters of the Universe was pretty terrible. <laughs> yep. So he, there you go. He was a pretty good... Um, he looked really... I mean, he had a, he had a good... And no, good, hey, uh, no one's questioning Dolph's physique, Todd. No, no. You don't have to never, tell me never. about that. <laughs> hey, listen, Redford file. Uh, <laughs> I was actually I was gonna say you just didn't let me finish, but I was gonna say I thought his I thought his quaff was really impressive in that. <laughs> his his way. I wasn't I wasn't going any lower than that. I was just yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go lower than that. <laughs> I mean, hold on. All right. I think that's a good note to get out of here on. Yep. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for, for sharing, for liking. Uh, give us those ratings on iTunes so that we can actually uh, see them. We can get them. We can get them a viewing of it and we can actually get on some lists. Would be incredible. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you all joining us each and every episode and uh, tell some friends. Um, guys, you guys ready to get out of here? I'd just like to thank everybody for uh, voting Warren Beatty third. <laughs> now that now that they've heard the story, he might have gone. Well, up. I'm sure they feel justified yeah. now. They're like, well, he's a total, no. you know, he's a total grum pig. Why would we I put think- him, you know, any higher than two? Should have told the story first, and I should have picked Paul Newman. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. Oh, did weren't we going to say something about uh, what what stars that we uh, resembled? People said we resembled. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do y'all want to do that? No, let's do it. I, it should be quick. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, when we were talking about 
guys we would we wouldn't mind looking like uh, no i don't know best... let's let's save it let's save it this thing is su- this, I, think that, I think that's a good segment and this thing is super long already so let's not do that at the very end of it all right uh, <laughs> you all can blame scott for that because i know you all were on the edge of your seat one of golly people, people I'm, I'm, that we look like just i just but, dangle you dangled it and i just ripped it away you sure did you sure i'm not gonna did. remember I, I won't remember the next time we do that. right now i'll forget it all right, uh, all right. Let's let's go to bed. Uh, for Todd Sheen and Scott Stafford, this is Alan Martin reminding you to walk softly and talk hard. Well, I hope you come to see me in the movie, and I know that you will plainly see biggest fool that's ever hit the big time, and all I gotta do is act naturally.